to Potadelphia. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I'm joined by two guys who have not had JT Real Muto's balls hit their face. What's up, Gene and Nico? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and you don't know that. I, I was working on an assumption, but you're, you're right. I don't know that for sure. You don't know that. You don't have proof that that didn't happen. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Nico, uh, Nico's joining us. Uh, Chuck is um, out of the country today. Um, so he, he's not able to attend, uh, but Nico stepping in. Thanks for being on the show, buddy. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It's an honor. It's a pleasure. It's the greatest gift I could ever receive on this hallowed father's day. Yeah. Thanks. All right, man. Thanks, Dave. Thanks. Gene. Right on. Right on. Gene, what's up with you, man? Not much. Uh, my name's Gene Zilak. I am, uh, at producer Gene on Twitter. Uh, I have not, you're right. I have not had JT Real Muto's balls in my face not opposed to it if that's what needs to happen in order for us to win a series uh i'll take one for the team quite literally um yeah happy father's day gentlemen uh i am uh the 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 one without children but uh i did celebrate uh with uh the other fathers in in my world so uh i hope you guys did something fun yeah, yeah got, it was nice. What did you do, Dave? Do you have how, any? How did, they, how did they celebrate your fatherhood? Um, we generally just uh, you know hang out with the fam and uh, and watch some sports. It's always we're always watching the Phillies on Father's Day and uh, mm. usually watching the the golf too. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. yeah, did you watch the golf today? I didn't watch. US a lick of, I haven't watched a lick of sports all weekend long. So for this podcast, wow, I'm, perfect. I'm glad we I'm, have you on the show. I'm coming in. You're gonna have a lot of uh, good, good insight. I don't know the, the golf. Uh, we got. I don't know. I, I know people talk about this. Uh, we people have talked about this in the past, but can, can we get rid of uh, like the juvenile yelling of things in in golf? Yeah, I kind of want to go. I, I wanted to go back to the golf clap. The you know, are we allowed to say anything? You know, kind of thing. I, yeah. you know, the screaming and hollering for crying out loud. It's like the guy's hitting it from yeah, the guy's teeing off and it's getting the hole. Like, shut Woo! the hell up, dude. Woo! Yeah, all that <laughs> stuff. Yeah, don't need it. I'm all for people having fun, but I think that just takes it to like a. It's like a it's like a look at me situation or listen to me. So like I was oh, we watch when when McElroy tees off on the 14th. I scream uh, donut bologna sandwich. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's me. Me doing that. I'll tell you, my, my father-in-law is famously always watching uh, golf on Father's Day, and uh, we were watching it today. And uh, that's the kind of thing that, you know, in, in typical dad pose, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever done this, where he's you don't want to turn the golf off of the television because he, he'll wake up. Because, you know, I'm watching that through the backs of his eyelids. That's at least how, how, how my dad used to watch golf. Um but uh, when you hear these, like, woos and hollers and stuff nowadays, like, it jars you awake. And you're like, oh, man, that ruined my nap here. I don't need to actually be awake for, you know, like, another hour or so when they actually get on to, like, the, the, the you know, the final half hour of the, of the program. You don't need to you, – you can, you can sleep through most of it. That's – I always thought was the, the point of golf on television was it was background noise for a nap. <laughs> uh, and I know that we've talked a lot about – some of the innovations, you know, in sports broadcasting. And, you know, we didn't really like a lot of that stuff, like with the, the yellow zone or the green zone uh, that NBC had for Sunday Night Football. 
I, I'm en- I'm enjoying the Fox broadcasts of golf. Um, I don't know if you, I Nico, I know you didn't see it because you didn't watch any sports this weekend, but uh, it, it was on in the background. I G, just, G, maybe you saw this. Uh, yeah. it, it's on some of the holes, the putting they they would show not not like a grid of the, but it would show the arc of where where the ball needs to go. Yeah, yeah, I did see that. Um, and it was amazingly accurate. If the right. ball was not on that path, it was going to miss yeah, left or right, depending it. on like where they had it. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. But did you have this experience where somebody who did not know anything about the game of golf said, well, why doesn't he just hit it on the line? Why doesn't he just, he should just hit it on the line? And you say, well, they can't see the line. And they oh, did like, Joe Buck say that? No, no, no. People oh. that I was around at the wedding last yesterday, after about four drinks, were like, he should just hit it on the line. And you got to turn to the guy and be like, uh, yo, man, like that, the lines aren't on the course. As man. if you're in the huddle going, run out to the yellow Go line. Go to the yellow line and stop. So wait, a second. so wait a second. Joe Buck is commenting on golf now? Uh, it, it, what color hair is he going with this this time? For, uh, it actually, for, it for actually vacillated between silver and blonde throughout the broadcast like a shimmering <laughs> stallion. The shivering stallion that is Joe Buck. <laughs> no, because I, there were times like during the NFL season when he's like paired up with Troy Aikman. They're both like in this like scruff competition, and I feel like Joe Buck was like coloring his scruff. You know, he was like Sinbad and <laughs> Troy Aikman are gonna brush <laughs> it in the just for men situation. <laughs> yeah, like you know that like that like kind of like chin beard. Did now they have that arc on the green for the putting? Do they have like the arc on Joe Buck? They show you like how he carved out that chin strap beard. This would be the perfect the perfect trajectory of the razor blade. <laughs> Just for Joe, Joe yeah. Buck. All right, Joe. all right, all right, guys. Let's bring it. Let's bring it to Philly. Let's bring it back to Philly. Here we got to talk about the the fightings. Oh, do we have to Phillies? Tough series this week uh, down in Atlanta against the first place Braves. Woo. Could you hear Woo. my eye roll with that? <laughs> I'm gonna go back to golf and give you one of those. Woo! Woo! <laughs> Taco! Woo! And I want to start here. It, 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 this is unexcusable. It, you cannot go into have a day off, then go into a series against the first place team in your division. And not have your rotation set up in such a way that you have a starting pitcher going in the rubber match. I, I mean, wh- what is this? We cannot do patchwork bullpen every fifth start. What is happening? Well, get, get used to it because we don't have another day off until the first of July. <laughs> this keeps happening to us. We keep having these stretches where we have zero off days. We we it, it hit us in April, and it's 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 rearing its ugly head again. I don't want to see Vince Velasquez start another game. I don't want to see Jared Eikhoff start another game. I don't want to see Cole Irvin start another game. And I don't want to see Ranger friggin' Suarez ever throw a pitch in a Phillies uniform ever again. And the Phillies today, this moment, need to call up Adonis Medina to come in here and be their fifth starter, period, end of sentence. That's the only option they have left. Where is Adonis at the moment? Before the trade deadline, correct? That's the only option before the trade deadline because something's going to happen before well, this trade deadline. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, uh, right. So if they make a trade, that that's another option. But with with your in house options, that's it. There's nothing that's left. It. Agreed. And I actually saw Adonis Medina pitch on Thursday night. Oh, so he's in Reading. In Reading. Yeah. In Reading. Yeah. And now, how's he doing? How's he looking? Great. 
The guy's got like a one-two ERA this season. That's that's really solid. I mean, granted, it's against Double A. He's a bit. Has he been in Double A all year? Uh huh. I, I believe so. I mean, I, I you know I'm not an expert. Man. I have a podcast, but I'm not an expert. He's probably <laughs> itching to get the hell out of Reading because I, I'm born and raised in Reading. That's you know <laughs> tough town. Tough town. I, but I mean, you that's had why it, he's pitching all... so well. I got to get the hell out of this town. <laughs> Uh, so, so it's because we demoted Eikhoff that we're missing a starter now, basically, right? Oh, so we, we, we made the correct move to screw ourselves. Right. Right. But, I mean, I, I think uh, – and also, we're supposed to be all metrics-driven. Why is Vince Velasquez pitching in Atlanta? If you're metrics-driven, what – what planet would it make sense to start Vince Velasquez? He gets destroyed in Atlanta. Always has. He's never beaten the Braves. What? I don't understand this. Like, no one's got a, no one's got an answer for me. Well, I, mean, I have an answer for you. If you're going to use an opener, why don't you throw in a pitcher like the Hammer that nobody's ever seen before? Right. Throw him in there for the first inning if you're going to do it and knock the entire lineup off balance because they're going against the dude that they've never seen, you know, and they're going to pull that, you know, first turn through the lineup and they're not even going to know what to do with it. And then by the third inning or so, maybe you have a couple of runs on the board on your side of the fence and then you're going against the starter. You know, it, give, it gives you a little bit of a lead. I, I, I Velasquez should not be in the major leagues anymore. He shouldn't be on our pitching staff, regardless of starter, regardless if he's in the pen. I just don't think he's got it. I think we need to move on from that. We're in a really bad position with the pitching. I mean, if our if you look at our season as a whole, our best starter is Eflin. If you look at pitching of late, our best starter is Pavetta, and it's all downhill from there. And I, I don't know, is, is Aaron Nola our fourth best starter? He's just average right now, and the the problem is when your your what is the anchor of supposed to be the anchor of your staff is just average. Is he, I think his ERA is up to four now. I think after his start the other night, I think night, it's I, closer to five. Well, that's not better. Um, so when the anchor of your staff is not pulling his weight, it kind of trickles down through the whole thing. And I, for the life of me, cannot figure out what happened to Aaron Nola. Do yeah, you think no, that he's Nola's hurt? ERA right now is four point eight nine. He's having that swoon that you saw in uh, 2009 with Cole Hamels, but that was attributed to the fact that Cole Hamels pitched basically to Halloween. Uh, I can tell you this, Aaron Nola was not pitching in October last year, the last time I checked. So, uh, you know, he wasn't doing like that Heroes tour that, that Cole Hamels went on, so he had a full workup for the offseason. I have no there as far as I can tell, there's no physical ailment. We we love putting pictures on the on the uh what what is it? Uh injured list, the IL at the moment. IL. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if there was something physically going on with him, they would probably I would hope that they would 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 shelve him. It seems like his his velocity hasn't lost mu- much, but he's just not and and they were talking about this yesterday. His location is terrible. His he's just leaving yeah. things hanging and people are crushing them. Yeah, it's the home runs. And I don't know who I mean, how I mean, do you fix is. that? You know, is that the pitching coach? Is he telling them to leave things up in the zone? Is it that their approach is wrong? 
uh, I, I'm going to venture, I guess, that their pitching coach is not saying to leave things up in the zone. I would hope not. <laughs> and Nola has never been known as being a contact or a fly ball pitcher. Right. So it's it's strictly like command and placement. Now, Grant, you know, you're reading all of the articles that every other baseball fan is reading about, you know, the ball this year and why there's so many home runs. And I think it was the Diamondback, the D-back game, Dave, that I think that you were at were combined Phillies. Well, if it rained, guys. I was certainly there. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, you know, Major League Baseball is seeing a higher amount of home runs this year than ever before. So, you know, to attribute Nola's struggles strictly to just, like, home runs. Like, he's not the only pitcher that's giving up home runs this year at an alarming rate. Here's, but, uh, here's a hot take. Know, if you can't juice the players, juice the ball. Ooh. Well, I'll tell you. Yeah, I was at that game, and and hopefully that was Jared Eikhoff's last start. So who is our fifth starter? Who is it? I mean, right now they don't know. Obviously, Uh, but like I'm talking like trade deadline kind of thing. Like there's a multitude of names being thrown around out there. I even read something today. Noah Syndergaard. The Mets well, are going to trade Noah that Syndergaard? That would be bananas. Who's under team control through 2021. I mean, so what in the world? Can you imagine how much he would net in the trade for the Mets? Who would you give the Mets? Would you trade for Noah Syndergaard? And if so, who? What in the world would you have to give up? What would you have to give up to get a guy like that? That we have a guy named Odubel Herrera that I love. <laughs> Never have it. Scott Scott Kingery and Adonis Medina. Well, right now the Mets are only five games back from the Phils, and the Phils are kind of floundering a little bit without this fifth starter. So why would they ever do something like that? Nah, it would that would never happen. It just doesn't. They could probably get a, a deal equally as good or better from another team that's not in the division. So I'm not really. I, I wouldn't hang my hat on that, but you keep hearing the same names over and over, like Madison Bumgarner, Zach Grant. I don't want, I don't want Madison Bumgarner. <clears throat> I actually watched him pitch the other day. The no, guy, the guy is done, man. Like he's, he's done. cooked. Indians are eleven back right now. Corey Kluber, Trevor Bauer, either of those guys. Yeah, what I, is I, going on with the Indians? They were favored to win that division, right? Yeah, the they Twins were are to, going crazy over the, there. Right? The Indians are supposed to run away with that division. I, I thought. I thought it was somebody I read at the in, during the preseason was lock it, you know, lock it in, put it in, put it in pen. They signed Carlos Santana and forget about him. Wow, <laughs> guy. Blood. So we got we all right. So now, uh, you know, we should have won that series. We should have won the first game of that series. Yes. Um, is that the worst loss? That that game Friday night. I mean, are we overreacting to say that's the worst loss in ten years? Yes. Years? I think so. I think it just it, it it makes every part of what we need to fix so much more evident. Though I think we learned the most about our 2019 Philadelphia Phillies from that loss. Because when the offense puts a bait runs, you got to feel like you know that that's safe, right? I. I it, it, in looking back, how bad was it? We we're up by what two runs going into the ninth? Yeah, but at one point we were up. But I think it's like five at one point, a little bit into like the seventh inning. Weren't we up by like six runs? Yeah, we were. We were way up, and then the because to me that game was lost in the eighth, not in the ninth. When when we let them get within within two. Um, well, yeah, but I, I just think it goes back to Philadelphia is very much a football culture town, and it's very easy to overreact. Trust me. 
every team in Major League Baseball is going to have multiple games like that in a season. It's just re- it's just reality. If uh, if the games were only eight innings long, we would have won that game, but we would have lost a whole host of others in the eighth inning. It, it's just the, it's the nature of it. You play so many games, that's bound to happen. Do you get the sense that last year's team would not have garnered maybe so much anxiety over last Friday's loss uh, and, and because of everything that happened in the offseason that this team is getting kind of unfairly put um, put under a, a pressure that they aren't necessarily built yet to, you know, to achieve? I, I don't know. I think people need to really understand how bad the pitching staff is. Well, and I think that just, game on Friday night helped us understand. <laughs> well, I mean, but I mean, in perspective of what happened last season, last year everybody exceeded their their norms. Yeah, yeah, like you, I, you had to know there was going to be a regression from the pitching staff from last season to this season. Just, there was just no way they were going to be able to duplicate that again. And I personally have never been a like real believer in Aaron Nola as an ace. See, I'm the exact opposite. I I felt most comfortable with Aaron Nola coming back was the whole reason why I was less anxious about the idea of picking up a a starter in free agency. Uh, I'm starting to question my own judgment now. Um, but we really didn't address, or the things we did do to address the pitching staff um, have all ended up on, on, on the injured list. Uh, that bullpen is... The, everybody that the, other than Naris, is there anybody that started the season in the bullpen? Have we have we retained any of the of the arms? Has are they all literally is everybody else hurt? Because Sir Anthony is is, is down. Uh, mm-hmm. Nishak is down. Robertson is down. Um, I feel like I'm I'm forgetting. Tommy least, Hunter's been down Tommy... for six years. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he's gone when he when he's on the mound. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean that. How do you, as if you're the general manager, how do you account for that much attrition uh, before you get to, you know, the all-star break? Well, you wait for people. I mean, people are coming back. Didn't Nishak just come off? Yes. So people, a lot of these guys are going to come back. I mean, you're going to get Tommy Hunter back. Nishak is only allowed to pitch on uh, every other Tuesday when there is uh, temperatures above 84 degrees and the wind is less than uh, 16 degrees. Well, I know when we're going to give up home runs then, Tuesdays. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, I, I just think the the bullpen situation is just. I give the I kind of give the bullpen a pass. It's the starting pitching right now that's. I feel is oh man, it's just so frustrating the starting pitching situation to go it's into Swiss Atlanta. Cheese, Dave, there's holes in it. There's I, I just still can't get around this to go into Atlanta and not have three starting pitchers to compete for first place with is beyond me. We'll it's beyond all- me. Do this crap when you're playing Arizona. We'll have all of our horses for the Marlins series. Coming <laughs> we'll well first, we got a four game Marlins. set against the Nationals. Yes, and then we have Mar- then we have Mets Marlins. So conceivably third place by the end of the week. Oh I, God, I, no, that I, would I, be I mean, horrible. I, do you think that these next twenty games against the NL East opponents? Do you think that this this is our make or break time of the series? Most people think that that happens well after the All Star break, but yeah, no, I'm not. I, th- I think this is. Go- I I don't know. I think this is kind of like our because if we if if we go five hundred in this next twenty game stretch, I mean, we're not going to be able to make up these games. When's what's your panic button level, Dave? Are you hovering over it? Have you already hit it? Like where where? Nah, I, I haven't hit anything yet. It's 
Yeah, I, I don't really even look at the standings all that much from like a fan standpoint until, you know, August. I mean, it's fun to look at every now and again, but not really that stressed about how many games back or who's how many, you know, the Mets are five back or whatever. I, I'm not really worried about that now until, until August, you know. You don't think that's a good barometer for where you're at right now and what you need to do before the break, after the break? I just think you can look at the team and go, oh, they're not playing well and they need pitching, both in the front end and in the back end. And what are we going to do to fix that? I mean, I don't know. So what are your thoughts just to, you know, I think the the pitching staff, we can all see that they need need help, period. Like, that's end of sentence. There's a lot of injuries that we're dealing with on the offensive side, too. Um, Do you think it's time to start – shaking the lineup up again do you want to try and generate some things you know if your best hitter is scott kingery and has been for two weeks uh, does that denote that maybe there's some something stagnant in the lineup do you need to try to find another way to to jump start things uh, most the thing i'm most concerned about is that the shortstop seems like he can't get himself out of the funk well, yeah they're moved. moving they're moving things around too like yeah kingery batted third today mm-hmm it's a girl leaving off, leaving off for a little bit. Then they, you know, after Cesar Hernandez clearly couldn't get out of his funk in the leadoff spot as well. Cesar Should've Hernandez is high. not going to be seeing pitches, but Cesar Hernandez is not a leadoff play, pitch uh, player. He was, I think, most comfortable like around the ago. yeah. The six, he's just not a guy who's willing to run. He he doesn't have that kind of. Um, Eye for that sort of thing. I don't think his walk rate is high enough for a leadoff guy. He does manage to get himself on base, but I don't know. He's just he's not he's not the leadoff guy that I I think if you've got a guy I I my thought is that you go Segura Kingery. That would be what I think you go one two. I feel like that's going to give you the most uh, bang for your buck. I feel like this team's offense clicks the best when you've got men on base for. Harper and why can't Kingery lead off? Because I think you want somebody on base for Kingery because his OVP so high. Like you know, great oh, chance mean, of. It's a good. That's a good characteristic of a leadoff hitter too. And he's got. I mean, Scotty Jetpacks. He's got some speed. I liked what you said the other day that if there's there's never been a player you're more confident that at some point in his career is going to hit for the cycle. I think that 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 is one of the most. Um, that just that idea tells you more about Scott Kingery, the player, than maybe anything else. That he just he just feels like he can do all of the things offensively that he need you need somebody to do. Yeah, and he's already creeping up on or exceeding a lot of his power numbers from last year. And we're not even at the All Star break. Yeah. Um. So you know, it, it looks like he's shaping up into the player that we thought he was going to be. But like these guys need to break out of this, man. Hoskins. Yeah, I feel Harper, like Reese Hoskins, I feel like, has been absent for about three weeks. He does go in these extended cold streaks, and, and then mm-hmm. when he will when he heats up, he'll he'll go on a tear. Um, I feel like I'm less worried about him. But Harper, I feel like, is the guy that we, we were told we were going to get. You know, he was not – he's not Barry Bonds. Um, yeah, but, you know, he pulled his average up about 30 points in the last week and a half. So <laughs> I think he's starting to stabilize. Yeah. And I think come late August, you're going to be 
really really happy that he's in our lineup and there was a couple of there was a couple of games with him in the two hole where he was coming up right in the you know the lineup kind of turned right in the right way where there would be men on and he was coming to bat with men on in like the seventh and eighth inning because of where he was in the lineup and i thought that that was you know there was there was the potential that he was going to make Gabe look like a genius and it, it just didn't quite pan out uh did you guys see this interview that Chase Utley did? Oh, where, he hates the Mets. Really, he's just straight up ass point blank. Do you hate the Mets? <laughs> and he said, "Yeah, yeah, I do. I hate them." It's beautiful. And that's why we need Chase Utley back in a Phillies uniform as our manager. That's the kind of fire we need in the clubhouse. <laughs> I kind of graveled into Mickey from Rocky for a second there. That, kind of, that felt good. Yeah, I I just um, I love that. It's just a shame he's so entrenched in all this Dodgers stuff right now. Why does the like, Do- like do the Dodgers feel that he like you know he was fine I guess, but like he's a he's a Philly for life. Do, do people think of Michael Jordan the Wizard? I don't. I don't it's like it just does not. <laughs> it? Oh yeah, it doesn't compute to me. You know or oh it doesn't. It doesn't, Gene. Like, isn't Roy Halladay our like national, uh, the Phil- patron saint of Philadelphia? Roy Halladay is a Blue Jay. <laughs> no, I just mean like you know he or went it's like to the Cole Dodgers. Hamill's a were... Cub. Cole Hamels is not a Cub. Yeah, no. I mean, do Cubs playing... fans think he is? He's playing for the Cubs, but he'll be a Philly forever in our hearts. And he might be next season. Do you think he might be one at the deadline? I doubt the uh I doubt the, the Cubs, Cubs will be sellers. Sell, yeah. But, yeah, he's uh, having a pretty good year. Yeah, but he may come back in free agency. I don't know. Whatever. I just love Chase Utley. Can't uh can't love Chase Up Utley enough. Happy Father's Day, Chase. If you're listening. Do you think Chase yeah. Utley listens to this podcast? I, I know think, he does. I think he's he heard does. it a couple of times, yeah. I mean yeah. we do we do invoke his name at least once an episode. <laughs> And when you when you call Chase Utley, he answers. We put up we put up the twenty six in the sky, you know. Mm. Yeah, bats uh, Where do you guys want to go next? You want to talk about a little basketball? Or you want to talk a little hockey next? Well, if you're going to talk about hockey, I'm going to go to the bathroom. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm All right, well then let's talk about hockey. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Let's talk about hockey. Let's talk about hockey real quick. Um, All right. What now? So is the that Blues the game where they have the ball and no big. Okay. No, nope, it's a little puck. It's a oh, little disc. Right. Oh, it's slides. Oh, it's it doesn't roll. It slides. Uh, the Blues beat the Bruins, and they're your Stanley Cup champion. Good for them. Yeah, good for them. And that's exactly my attitude about it. Good for them. Good. I, I wanted Boston to lose, and they did. Good for them. St. Louis, though, big baseball town. I wonder, you know, do they have the type of Are you guys all – well, I mean, are you ready to, like, burn your Flyers jersey and become a Blues fan like half of the city of Philadelphia is? Wait, what? <laughs> I don't know. I just keep hearing stories about all these people, you know, like, wearing Blues jerseys and, and cheering for the Blues. And, like, they're, like, adopting the Blues as some sort of my my West, they're my NHL West team. Can you say the Blues again? Kind of like the way that you said that. The blues, the blues, <laughs> the blues. They, uh, the only thing I heard was there is some sort of a of a tear jerking story about how Braden Shen and and Baruby and I guess some of the some of the 
Blues players went and watched um, the Eagles-Bears game at some bar in South Philly and hung out with – it was a mummers bar and hung out with, like, some, some of the, the mummers. And, uh, no, these... I, thought it was when the, I thought it was when the Blues were playing um, the Flyers and they went to a bar, a mummers bar. See, I thought what, what, what it was was that, that that Shen had wanted to watch the Eagles and uh, – see, this is the thing. This is how urban myths get started. We'll have to look this up on, on uh, uh, the Urban Dictionary to see what the – or Snopes or something to see what the truth is. But it, either way, there's some connection between a mummer's bar and the Blues team that has kind of risen this movement of, of let's go Blues. I think that parts of Philadelphia just like hockey and they want to follow – Something and the Flyers refuse to get into the playoffs lately, so they they, they don't. Well, know it do. opens up a bigger question to me. Um, are you allowed to have my my American League team, my AFC team, my NBA West team, my my West Coast hockey team? Are we are you allowed to do that? Is that a thing you guys do? Do you, Gene? Who's your who's your AFC football team? I haven't had one for a long time. I will admit to when when the Eagles were in the real doldrums, like the Kotite years and stuff like that. I did kind of latch on to um, Kansas City a little bit, uh, and the, the reason I went to latch on the Kansas City is a very weird reason. Um, Kansas City was one of the few teams that was not listed in the original listing for Tech Mobile. You could not play as Kansas City, just like the Eagles. Right, you couldn't play with the Eagles. But the Eagles were terrible. Makes no sense. No. But then they came out with Super Tech Mobile, and you can play with any team in the AFC uh, or in the, in, the, in the whole league. Um, you were like, I want to be Christian Okoye. I, I didn't have Tecmo Super Bowl, but my friend Phil did. And uh, he was always the Eagles. And the only team I could beat him with was the Kansas City Chiefs with, you said it, Christian Okoye. Uh, the guy was untackleable. Uh, in that game, so uh, I kind of adopted them because they were able was to. He the Nigerian nightmare. He was the Nigerian nightmare. Yeah, the guy was, you know, he was just untackleable. It was, he nice. was, he was awesome. So that was of of that's about the only time I had like a a a football uh, backup team or or second team, and that was such a bizarre reason. Um, but that that's really the only time I had a, an AFC team. But is it appropriate, Nika? Do you have a do you have a an American League baseball team that you are fond of? American League baseball team? Absolutely not. I don't. Um, I'm not trying to like quash the argument. I I don't have an AL team, but I was actually all Chiefs. If you're going to ask me about football, and that's just because of my soft spot for Andy Reid. No, no, no. See, um, this is this is the thing. Like, I don't want to get it twisted here. I think it's great that. When you watch a game, you should have a preference of one team to win over the other. Yeah, I can't. I can't not have that. It's always the underdog in my in my mind, anyhow. Right. Yeah. Pretty much for the most part, unless it directly affects my team one way or the other. Um, but it's just kind of like of times when it hasn't been the underdog for me because there's definitely been times. It's yeah, almost I mean, always an individual like sports, though. I always rooted for Mike Tyson to knock out whoever he was hit. Absolutely. Fighting. And, and he was never – I don't think he was ever the underdog until he was out of boxing. Um, and fast, too. The faster the knockout, the better. Yeah. So, like, in that sort of thing, um, 
you know, an individual yeah, I'm gonna make sports. my $90 pay-per-view subscription go uh, a full five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, rip it. Just rip it. But as far as team sports go, I think I generally <laughs> gravitate towards the underdog. You're right. Yeah, also when I'm watching golf, whoever is the leader, I want to see fall apart and someone make a charge to come back and overtake that person. Same thing in, I, a, in a car then race. Then I want that person to fall apart. Yeah, I always scour those first couple of days of the tournament just to see if John Daly's in it. Mm-hmm. And if so, like, how bad is it? I feel like we're more likely <laughs> going to see John Daly's kid or grandkid before we see him again. I think yeah, he's always in all the tournaments, though. Yeah. Smoking cigarettes. <laughs> Still? Yeah, I think really? so. He's still going, huh? The yeah, the big baby or whatever they called that guy. <laughs> they call him the big baby or something like that. But uh, Dave, going back to your original point, do you, <laughs> you don't want to talk about John Daly being a big baby? I only want to talk about him in terms of like a lemonade drink. <laughs> he kind of has like a baby body. <laughs> He's got kind of got small you know. hands. Wait, John Daly has a lemonade drink? Are you talking about an Arnold Palmer? I thought no, it's Arnold Palmer. I thought if you added vodka, it becomes a John Daly. <laughs> <laughs> vodka with an ashtray on the side i love it yeah. and it's a john daly i love it so back to my point gene you had you were gonna say something i guess what you're really asking is like do i have a room that's my eagles phillies room and then like a separate room where i keep like all of my memorabilia from when i was like <laughs> a rabid white Sox fan or when i was a rabid you know like it would have been like these one year times where like i was a, a charlotte hornets fan for six months and i have a, you know all of these jerseys that i've collected as a no i don't mean a physical room i just mean like a little room in your heart is there a little room in your heart for <laughs> i was gonna say you must have had some some house to have a whole room devoted to sports crap that you didn't really like <laughs> i will say i don't have in... kids so i do have that those rooms. <laughs> in uh, in uh what is it? Oh, four. Like I was a crazy Red Sox person. Oh yeah. Yeah. You just, anybody to beat the Yankees and especially with that rivalry too. Seeing but them. now I hate myself for having done that. Look at what I started. But we didn't oh. know it was going to go like this. We, you know, we all got swept up and we had no idea that they were going to become this whole thing that they've become. Yeah, so I just think it's dangerous. So be careful with that rooting for other team stuff. But be easy on yourself, Dave. For crying out loud, sports are for enjoyment. Enjoy your life. You only get one chance, Dave. Yeah, I get that. But you know what? They're also uh, for uh, for building character That's and true. Uh, you know showing showing you know, your integrity. And we're Philadelphia sports fans, so we're not really supposed to truly like sports. Yeah, we can't. We were just we were like born. We're supposed to be tormented culture. by it. Yeah, you're tormented. You don't trust sports. Here's another thing, and here's a sports hot take. Eventually, will make you sad. You want a hot take from me? I got a hot take. I'll take a hot take. Okay, sports needs to uh, cut it out with the uh, the sportsmanship stuff. Yeah, cut it out. I uh, like so. I'm watching the blue the blues game. The blues <laughs> game. No, it's blues. Blues. I'm is watching it, the blues. Is it, uh, is it blues? And the Blues um, won the cup, and they're all celebrating. Yeah. And the the Bruins are standing there in a line waiting for them to finish celebrating so they can, like, shake hands and stuff. So are you suggesting they should shake hands first and then celebrate? No. Why do we got to do this? You're torturing these poor guys. They just lost, like, one of the biggest games of their lives. 
Just let them leave. And it feels like it's the only sport where you, they do like the traditional like handshake line. You don't do that in the NBA. Oh, and they like kind of like slap their sticks against the ice a little bit, like they're clapping. Yeah, they're like holding like a yeah. Yeah. The so update the Russians did that for the U.S. team in Placid, at least in the mirror in the Disney version in the movie, <laughs> they clapped for him. So update, uh, my son's little league team lost in the championship. They got walked off in the bottom of the six. I wanted to just get in the car and leave. Uh, but the, then the kids had to stand there and they shake hands with each other and then watch each other get the trophies and everything. Crying. I was, I wanted to Tom Brady it out of there. <laughs> yeah, Tom Brady doesn't <clears throat> stick around to shake hands. No, I mean, you're forcing these people to do this stuff. I don't know. Am I a curmudgeon for thinking that? Or am I, am I a jerk for thinking that? No, probably, I don't think you're right? a jerk. I don't think you're a jerk at all. But at people probably time. love that about right. You guys love that about <laughs> hockey. Like I think it's good that they do that. I just think it's you know you're forcing these guys. I don't know. They're sitting there celebrating. You got to stand there and watch them all celebrate. Yeah, they're all millionaires. They're all going to be on the plane <laughs> at Turks and Caicos in like six hours. So whatever. So let while them, we're on the let uh, them stand there a little bit. While we're on the sportsmanship. Uh, conversation. Can we talk about the U.S. women's national team? Oh, this is a good, a good transition. Yes. Thanks, thanks, buddy. I'm wearing my USA sleeveless tank. That's how I drew in it up. honor of these. You are, and I gotta say, uh, your biceps are uh, glistening today, Nico. Uh, it's probably still sunscreen hanging on those things from the pool. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about these women. I so what did they what? do? They won thirteen nothing. Dude, let... against. Uh, Thai, Th- uh, Thailand. They're awesome, dude. In Let soccer, thirteen nothing in soccer. Them celebrate. That game was so much celebrate. fun. I think I've seen it all the way through three times this week. And everybody's giving them flack for like dancing and having a good time and running around. Let them celebrate, dude. We deal with so much BS watching NFL games and the, those end zone celebrations and like. You know, look at the Phillies and all their player handshakes or whatever. Like, let these let let them do whatever they want to do. That's awesome. They're is that where you're at? Is that where you're sport. at on that too, Nico? Yeah, hundred percent. Jeans, that where you're at? Yeah, I, I, my, uh, my take on this whole thing was, if this was the men's team, which I don't think they've scored 13 goals total in the last like four World Cups, um, you know, they, everybody would be like, yeah, crush them, you know. I feel like it's a, it's it's kind of like a double standard. We saw, and was it the last World Cup or the World Cup before? Didn't the Germans or run it up on Brazil? Um, and it felt like it was a whole different different kind of mindset, different kind of take. You know, do you guys think it's because what you're looking at on the other side in the Thailand players was these were these were other women who were were getting beaten into submission? for lack of a better word, um, because that was as, as thorough an ass-kicking in a sport that I've ever seen anybody given on that sort of stage. Like, Thailand had to qualify. This is not a team that's, um, like, you know, from a YMCA somewhere in, in like, the middle of the country. Right, like, but it's not— This is a national team. But it's not like they take the best 24 teams in the world. I mean, it's, it's a regional thing. So it's from that area of Asia. So many teams need to qualify— they got no. They had absolutely no business being in this tournament. First off, but I just think it, you know when you talk about men, like the men's soccer, or when you watch men's World Cup, the the margin of 
talent between the teams is not as great as it appears to be in women's. Like it just seems like there's, you know, U.S. I don't even know who the other France, Japan, Sweden. Like yeah, there's like like five teams that potentially could win the whole thing, and then there's the a rest great the big field. chasm, and then there's like maybe. 12 teams in that middle and then another great big chasm. And then there's just these kind of, I don't know, fill out the bracket teams. Um, I'm sorry. These, these women, anybody in these national tournaments, men, women, whatever, they play their entire lives. They work their entire lives for these moments. Why would they let up? And, and, and especially in like world cup soccer, you know, they're only allowed three substitutions per match. So it's not like they can like, to rest all the starters and throw in the whole bench, you know. So I don't it's mean like I don't even know if I'm saying let up. Feel all the time. I don't know if I'm saying let up, but I mean, uh, you can't. I don't let know. Up. It's a it's doing a disservice to the other team, I, and it's also kind of like insulting to the other team too. To to me, this is to part of this is if you think about going back to like '96 in Barcelona when the U.S. men's team uh, in basketball was going out and. And just obliterating people, they were they were celebrated like comic book heroes, you know, to a certain degree. And I think that there is a, a certain part of the population uh, that this is the dream team uh, of women's soccer, that this could potentially become uh, I, I, a team that people are going to treat like, you know, these were this is the beginning of a of taking the sport to a whole new level. Because the, the after effect of the 96 dream team was that global basketball itself got raised up a level to now. There are a lot of competitive teams in men's basketball. I feel like it's different because with the dream team, you had amateurs, 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 and then they ripped the Band-Aid off and said, boom, put pros, pros. in. And that that evolution didn't happen that way in soccer. And I, I get it. Like, the U.S. is the dominant team in women's soccer, and they should win, and they absolutely should get excited about winning. I, I just feel, I don't know, just something fe- made me feel bad about this situation. Like, I, I get, like, everyone probably globally wants to see the U.S. lose in this tournament, right? But I, I, I don't know. To give them, a, to give, to give the world another reason to probably root for that to happen feels kind of bad for me. So if in a week and a half, like let's say they run into a Japan team, and soccer is a, a weird enough sport where you could end up running into a Japan team that the the goalie has a really good game, makes a couple of big stops, and the U.S. loses that game one nothing. Do you think that'll change your perception if you see them? Um, be you know humanized to a certain degree and not uh, you know this will uh, change your perspective on on how the not, this game not, came about not really but <laughs> i just there's going to be people around the world that are going to watch that game and if they do lose go good good, good that's good what that's yeah, what they, they that's what, what they, they deserve do. for humiliating uh, an inferior opponent like the way the way they did and, and to think it's hilarious and, and like all that deserved. but isn't yeah. it sometimes fun to embrace that role of like that we're the ones that are going to be gunned after and to still succeed even though in spite of the fact that everybody's rooting against us don't you kind of feel like right now that everybody's rooting against us anyway no matter what well that, yeah look well, yeah we got the target on our back because we're the champ right we won and it four years ago right we root yeah. we root for a philly team so we're used to being the team that everyone hates 
Right. So I get that. I get that. I don't know. It's just when, when you look at a, something like the Olympics or World Cup, whether it's men or women, it's like, I don't I don't really want to be like, uh, look, our country for lots of different reasons right now is looked on, looked at by by a lot of different people in good and bad light. So, I, you know, I, I don't know. It just doesn't feel good to me. That's Come all. on. Nothing that they were doing was, like, lewd or crass or anything. It's not like they're, like, Marshawn Lynch and, like, <laughs> grabbing their crotch <laughs> into the end zone after they scored a goal. So how about we give them a pass, let them be excited about their lives and their sport, all right, and, 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 and move on with it. They're an amazing team. They're going to celebrate goals. Are they going to run up scores purposefully? I don't think so. I think they're just playing the best that they can. And it just so happens they whoop some ass. I, them, well, then, you know what? Then, you know, it's not I don't, I don't understand. Like I don't understand why we didn't score in the second half of this game against Chile today. We only won three, nothing. We only won three, nothing. We didn't score it all in the second half. Uh, is uh, do you, is your conspiracy theory that maybe that the Chile uh, going lockdown defense it's, mode? It's because soccer's fixed, man. Soccer's fixed. <laughs> Twitter has gotten into their heads and they let they let off the gas in the second half. Is that your hot take? Oh, well, you mean to tell me they down ran, three nothing? No, they ran out of celebration ideas. <laughs> you mean to tell me down three nothing? Uh, Chile said, "Oh, we're going to play clamp down defense now and, and not park take any unnecessary risks." What? That 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 style of defense they call that like park the bus like where they'll take basically you put ten guy ten guys ten players and put them in the box and just be like you're just what are they you're saying, not oh, going to score. run the score up on us we're yeah. gonna we're you're not going to embarrass we're gonna us we're just going to we're going to park the bus that's what they call that's what they call that a lot of times you'll see that in uh, you'll see that in, in in you know these global leagues where they'll have the bottom of the table play against a higher division you know uh, a team at the top and basically be, what they'll say is. Uh, we're going to put 10 guys and we're going to play you to a draw. Like you're going to we'll give you all the possession, but you're 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 going to have to shoot through 10 guys and we're not going to let you let you have a goal. Uh, and maybe they get lucky on a counterattack, but but that is a legit thing in soccer where you're basically you're saying you're you're we will not let you score. But why would you do that when you're down 3? Maybe that was not their initial strategy. Maybe they thought they could counterpunch. I don't know. I I I don't know. I'm just saying that that it, it's it's possible that that was the idea that they 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 had come across is that we're not going to go down thirteen, you know. Hmm. All right. Well, we'll see. I mean, man, that was... got hot. That got hot. That got heated. That little bit there. This is the most. I, this is I'm the most. I'm glad I'm wearing a tank top. The most passionate we've been about uh, a women's sport on the on the podcast ever. Well, um, look, let me just mostly say, like, because we don't have any we don't have any women's teams in Philly. When is Philly going to get their WNBA team? I want them to win. I want the games to be not close. 13, 13 but goals. Yeah, but yet you don't set. want them to enjoy their victory? Two-faced. <laughs> Do you want them to cook I, it in the back of the goal and I then want walk them to the – I want them to completely obliterate the field, but I don't want them to pretend like they're enjoying that. Don't take Come any on. pleasure in it? No, well, no pleasure. I mean, the team's been there before, you know. Toronto Raptors are your NBA uh, world champions. Crying out loud. Talk about terrible fan bases. So so we're done talking about Drake now for a few months, right? I am. Uh, I was never talking about relief. him in the first place. Sweet relief. He had the most ridiculous. Did you see his setup for game, for game six where uh, he was watching from Jurassic Park? He had an elevated stage where they basically recreated Drake's living room. 
he had a giant like barca lounger and then like all of his entourage like wandering around and the entire crowd in toronto they had one view where you could watch the game of course and then on the uh, the other way you could look at the stage and watch drake watching the game that was entertainment for i do love that meme that said uh what did it say it's like i've never cared so much about something i just started watching last week as i (laughs) as i do now because uh, I really feel like it really does feel that way, although I'm not in the, you know, we're obviously not in the Toronto bubble. So, you know, we don't know for sure, but it certainly does feel that way, that way that Jurassic Park took off and everything. Um, But so are you guys, are you in the, that could have been us camp or? No. No. See, I kind of am. I definitely feel like uh, had we gotten by, the Raptors, who we I feel like we gave them by far the toughest test of the whole playoffs. Uh, had we gotten by them, we had already proven we could play Milwaukee tough. And I, I don't know, like the way the stars seem to align, like Golden State, it's, it feels like that dynasty has run its course. Like it just feels like they're done and about to, to, to you know, the tide's about uh, to. You to know roll how out. I, you know how I equate it? I equate it to when the Phillies. When Ryan Howard ruptured his Achilles, mm-hmm. and that was the beginning of the end, this KD thing feels that way. And now yeah. this yeah. Clay Thompson thing even compounds it even more. Right. So I really. And there, do... and there has to be a changing of the guard in the West. Yeah. And I, I guess it's we're kind of seeing that now with these trades yeah. that are going down. But I really do feel bad for Knicks fans after game five. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yep. I mean, there really were a lot of eggs in that KD basket. Uh, and to see him, you know, suffer that kind of injury is really uh, – that's terrible. That is, in, addition, that is terrible. in addition to, you know, not getting the number one pick in the draft as right, well. Right, right, right. You lose that on Zion. Really and now you're kind of – as the Knicks, you know, what do you do about KD? Do you still offer him a max deal? I mean, he is not going to play next year. Like, with that is like put it in – Put it in stone. Like there's I no... talked to uh, I talked to Dr. Keith Heck today. And what did Doctor Keith say? I, I love to hear. Uh, his he take. said March would be the earliest return, which is basically it's it. He's done, right? You know, like he's not gonna basically. he's not gonna be. A, maybe he would if you were to go on a deep playoff run. Maybe he could help you. But I feel like if whatever team is gonna get KD would need KD way before March to get into the playoffs. Yes. Yeah, especially if it's the Knicks. <laughs> especially if it's the Knicks. <laughs> And now Clay, Clay uh, tears his ACL. What? Do, what? Do, I mean, what are they on do another Clay? non-contact thing? Like it's crazy that that both of these injuries. It's not like somebody anybody got tangled up in a underneath gonna, a basket or something. It just people just share landed a room funny. with McCutcheon. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> they should all pal together. But what are they going to do? Like, can you offer him? Like, what is what? What is, is Clay also do? A, a free agent? Or, I, I, He's a free agent, right? Clay's a free agent too. Yeah. So what do you do with these guys? Do you pay them max deals and just bench them for uh, you know, put them on the shelf for a year? I mean, yeah, I think you do. That is so crazy. I mean, they're, they're all young enough that they could come back. Steph Curry. Well, want, KD's I'm, not. Really. KD's no. not. Yeah, but... he's going to be thirty-five. I think. Uh, Steph Curry. And he th- has a lot. This is my advice for for Steph Curry. The next time he's interviewed in the next couple weeks, Steph Curry, I want you to learn this phrase. Trust the process. <laughs> oh. uh, well, so all right. So, what do we make of uh, re- so this? Uh, this is really pissing me off. 
the the Raptors fans' reactions uh, to KD going down with this uh, with this injury. Um, the initial cheers that he went down. Um, so this is let me let me explain to you exactly what is getting under my skin as a Philadelphia fan uh, after this happens. So social media, two things that really annoyed me. One, players got like the the. The, the focus shifted from the fans being vile and disgusting to, you know, Lowry um, being like a great guy by telling them to, like, cool it. There's a human being that uh, <laughs> just injured himself on yeah. the basketball court. So now it's it's instead of, you know, casting aspersions on the fans, we're now celebrating Kyle Lowry, which is annoying. And then the other thing is I've heard on Philadelphia sports talk radio, everyone's giving them a pass. Oh, you got to understand. This is like a human reaction. Uh, You know, you see their best player go down. Now you see a window, you see a path to the championship. It's human. It's just human reaction. You, you know, no one's intellectualizing what's going on right now. It's just, you're in a mob mentality. It's like an animal listen. It's like a primal instinct to be happy about this. What the hell is that? Where's all these excuses when we do something terrible? Where's all the excuses when Michael Irvin goes down and uh, and the fans are cheering? What? How come everybody gets a pass on this shit except Philly? Well, Philly had no mercy. I don't think we ever started cheering. I think we just straight booed the whole time. <laughs> and we've earned that chip. You know, on everybody's shoulder for years and years and years of being a-holes. Well, and and frankly, it goes back to the fact that we built our reputation not by booing a player, but by throwing snowballs at Santa. And maybe people are giving the Toronto fans a pass because we said it earlier, like 90% of the people that are in that building probably weren't watching basketball two weeks ago. So they're just dumb. (laughs) <laughs> and and they're it's their first time like you know they're they're new we gotta you know god knows the 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 country of canada yeah, hasn't just, won a yeah. championship since 1993 which you know thanks very much for that joe carter asshole yeah does that answer your question dave i mean I, not really I, <laughs> i'm still not okay with it i <laughs> I just think it's just not fair, man. It's just not fair. Yeah, I know. We're, we're getting over I mean, no maybe love. the real question, though, is, Dave, like, do you want to pass? Like, the next time, because inevitably it, there's going to be something that people are yeah, going to. I don't want to pass. Like, do you pass. want them to say, like, oh, that's, it's okay, Philly. Like, it was a mob mentality in Philadelphia. That, you know. I, don't, I don't ever want a team looking forward to coming to Philadelphia to play because they have nice fans. <laughs> when, I like I like being jerks. When we poured beer all over Vikings fans, do you want them? Would you have liked to have gotten a pass for that? Yeah, I wear that as a badge of honor. Michael that Irvin goes down, rip his head off, crying out loud. I just I would just like to see Toronto fans vilified. That's all. Is that too much to ask? No. All right, I guess it is. I don't know. Um. Well, they can die their slow, horrible death watching their baseball team this summer. There you go. Hey, Anthony Davis is on the Lakers now. Ugh. LeBron, LeBron strikes again. Do you think? Do you think he strikes a third time and gets Jimmy buckets to sign out west? Nah, nah, because they can't offer him. If the if the Sixers, they can't. Max, they, they have one more max contract available, don't they? But they can't match what the Sixers can can offer. 
Yeah, the Sixers can do – is it either an extra year or more money because we already have his rights? I think he likes playing in Philly too. He won't admit it, but I think he likes it. They go the extra year. So he would he would essentially leave $50 million on the table by going to another – Yeah, never do If that. both teams offer the maximum that they can. And he becomes uh, – in that that three-headed monster, he becomes Chris Bosh, right? He's not – He's not Wade. He's Bosch. I guess. Which is, he was uh, always the, you know, he was the Shemp of the Stooges down there in Miami. Shemp. You know, you need, you need Shemp, but, like, does anybody really think, you know, when, when you think about it, you know, is Wait, Shemp I thought Shemp was favorite? the, like, wasn't he, like, the fourth Stooge? Well, he was the one that replaced Curly. Oh, oh, oh. Hmm. Maybe Bosch was the Larry. I don't know. Who Larry was my favorite like the though. Three Stooges. I don't. <laughs> <We're> three Stooges. <laughs> I don't care about the Stooges. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I'm glad he's not in Boston. Yep. Glad yeah. I'm Boston. really glad he's not. In Boston. I'm glad he's actually the first thing that I thought of. I'm also yeah. glad he's not in New York. Honestly, Boston lost again. Another thing, and, that they're, and they're also going to lose Kyrie too because he's going somewhere else. He's going yeah. to Brooklyn. Yeah, uh, he's going to the Nets. So if he goes to Brooklyn, where does D'Angelo Russell go? I I don't know who's I, been courting you don't him. Think those two can coexist on a team. I mean, maybe they can. I guess D'Angelo Russell's like you know he's good, but he's not great. So he'd be like, oh uh, yeah, Terry, he'd be like the he'd be picking up the like Terry Rozier role. Yeah, I don't know. I. I would like to see Kyrie on the Knicks more so than the Nets. Just me. Whatever. So who uh, won that trade, Dave? What's that? Who won the trade between the Lakers and the Pelicans? I mean, for this season, the Lakers won it. But, you know, they got serviceable NBA years, players. In five years, it's Pelicans. They're so stacked. Well, and the, and, and and the three, Pelicans and get ones, right? the Pelicans get one and four this year, right? One and four, one and four, and then all these picks are unprotected. Which watch them flip that number four pick this year, for and they can swap people out. Yeah, I that's ex- Nico. You hit the nail on the head. I definitely think that they've swapped four to somebody for another like mm-hmm. B level star. You know, and I think that they're getting a generational talent. In, in Zion, as long as he comes in and does what we think he's capable of doing, like that's a guy that's going to help your team immediately. He's going to make an impact. He's going to be a mm-hmm. really good player. Yeah, and I mean, not that the uh, I, I'm assuming that the Lakers aren't going to be bad for the next three or four years. I guess as Vegas has them as the favorites to win the championship next year. The, I don't I don't understand how that's possible because they don't have a bench right now. There's no depth. Um, you know, obviously they have LeBron. Obviously they have AD, but I know, guess Vegas figures that, like whoever shows up, like if they just go down and recruit some people off the playground, like those guys, if you put them in yellow, should be good enough to win a championship. I guess they got right, Rajon Rondo. And yeah, I read an article Kyle about Kuzma. what what the Vegas odds say about the NBA uh, season this year coming up, and basically the, the you know the number one team was the Lakers. This this was even before the trade. Um, because that there was they they knew that this was kind of eminent, and then the 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 Warriors were number two, kind of signal signifying, you know, kind of the end of that dynasty. But you definitely can't ignore them. Uh, also, I think the Sixers were the fourth or fifth team 
uh, most likely to win the the championship, which kind of made everyone think that Jimmy Butler is coming back, or at least that's what Vegas anticipates. But there it is. I kind of like that. Uh, that's that's um, that's positive. I feel like for us to be a that well regarded in terms of the odds, and that you know there must maybe somebody's got some some kind of inside vibe that. Jimmy Butler sticking around. Or have we written off the the idea of running it back? Like some, we're we're breaking this up to a certain degree. I, I yeah, I feel like Tobias Harris is gone. I think he's a net. That Nets team starting to get could shape up to be pretty good. Then they're upstart, man. But Gene, if you if if what you believe is true, you know, a quadruple bounce away from beating the 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 Raptors, and that would have given us an NBA title. Yeah, it's I, basically run it back, and with health, you win the title. That's the way I feel. Like, yeah, I think that that would have been that could work. I feel like having an off season now to actually improve the bench. There's no reason we would we won't be better. There it is. And I feel Let's like Boston, Boston is or, Boston's know, getting worse. Goes to a comedy show. <laughs> make sure everybody washes their hands. Nobody's allowed to go bowling. You know that uh, there's a certain amount of uh, fecal matter in every one of those holes in a bowling ball? Really? Oh, that's the good stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's how you build an immune system, build character, go bowling. Yeah, I think I saw that on Oprah back uh, you know, a couple decades ago. Well, then if, it, if Oprah said it, then you know it's true. Yeah, I'm sure there have been major advancements in bowling ball cleaning technology in the last 20 years that maybe I things are a little bit cleaner now. I think you're probably wrong about that. You think so, Dave? I, I would venture a guess that the inside the holes of the bowling balls at a, at a bowling alley, that I, I venture that they are not cleaned at ever, none, zero times. I'm sure there's like a little spray or like a swab of some sort that they throw in there. There's a guy that cleans out the holes. No, like um, like a blend. Did you get these racks? You know, like a baby bottle cleaner thing. Yeah, yeah, like kind of like a bottle cleaner, or like I don't know, put on a rubber glove and lube up that finger with (laughs) something, and just kind of poke it. Oh, for the love! You guys were talking about the Eagles at all? (laughs) (laughs) Or do you want to keep talking about cleaning the holes of a bowling ball? Like if anybody out there knows how to clean the inside the finger holes of a bowling ball, please um, call in. Message one eight hundred three four two six thousand. Call yeah. now. Yeah. The, uh, do, you guys, the, do you guys have a call in line? No, no. You just well, you let's, just let's get one going. You just at no. mention us on Twitter and then we, we just talk jump about into it. the Google Hangout. <laughs> yeah. Nico from his garage. How you doing, Nico? First time, long time. All right. Um, I feel like the OCD oh, component of our audience now is all going to wear like latex gloves to bowl. Latex gloves, <laughs> lubing up their fingers, <laughs> disinfecting. Or buy your own bowling ball. That way, it's just your feces. It's your there. poop. So there you go. <laughs> and I think we have an episode title. All right. A fox uh, loves the smell of his own bowling ball hole. I think it's time to go to Chuck's penalty box. Ooh, ooh. I love that uh, sound effect. But, but Chuck's not here. <laughs> so, uh, Nico, you're going to dole out the penalties today. What do you uh, think? Oh, all right. Let me crack a beer. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. You ready? I know nothing about hockey, but I'm ready. That's okay. You'll do fine. Who, Gene, you want to go first or you want me to go first? I can go first. Okay, uh, go for it. Tonight in my penalty box, I'm going to put in uh, the entire front office of the Seattle Mariners. 
Um, <laughs> once again, they oh, have yeah. traded Edwin Encarnacion uh, further. We have not even reached the 4th of July, and they have completely written off any poss- possibility of being competitive again for the rest of the season. Uh, they started off hot. I think they, at one point, had rattled off uh, their 20th win before the end of May. And uh, now they have decided just to continue the free fall. Um, they traded Jay Bruce to the Phillies. Thank you very much. And uh, they've now traded uh, Edwin Encarnacion. And uh, I quote, to the evil empire. I'm trying to even see who uh, who wrote that. Uh, it's from uh, SB Nation. Um, so uh, the Yankees, once again, sending uh, a bevy of uh, prospects, um, specifically, I think, a right-handed pitcher, um, which the Yankees seem to just have right-handed pitchers laying around that they can just ship to places for 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 stars that hit twenty home runs. Um, so Seattle, uh, you're going in the penalty box because man, like try to make it less obvious that you are you're just quitting. Um, you know, make it somewhat interesting for people to come show up at your stadium. Um, you know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of like the plot for Major League where the owner's trying to get attendance under uh, so much so they can leave and relocate to Miami, but exactly. Miami already has a team now right. in reality, so that can't happen anymore. Yeah. So you think Seattle wants right. to move to Vegas or something? I don't know. Maybe they're trying to ploy like that. So there's or, you know, there's only one thing left to do. Win the <laughs> whole fucking thing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> All right, Nico. All right, so what, what, what am I supposed to do? Give a penalty? Yeah, to the to the Mariners right, front right. office. Mariners front office. It's a, it's a, a, a two minute minor and a penance of three Hail Marys and a Glory B. <laughs> Jesus, Mary and Joseph. <laughs> oh, there's the whistle. Thank you. All right. How was uh, that? How was that for a penalty? Is, it, is that satisfactory? It's good, but we don't know what the penalty. What, what, what are they going in the box for? Going in the box for. Uh, Making the rest of the league better whilst remaining crappy, but generous. <laughs> there you go. That was an incredibly good Chuck impersonation. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Um, in my penalty box, I'm putting Major League Baseball and uh, their alternate caps and uniforms. Look, I get that um, Mother's <sighs> Day, we're going to wear pink. Father's Day, we're going to wear baby blue. Like, everybody just had a newborn baby. Uh, we had a girl. We had a boy. We're wearing pink. We're wearing blue. I, look, I don't know how the mothers feel about this, but I can speak on, from the father perspective. Watching these games today with everybody wearing their blue hats, I don't need it. I don't need the specialty hat. I don't need a, a pale baby blue hat. To, to 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 let me to, to entice me to watch a major league baseball game on Father's Day. I'm not gonna go buy the damn thing because you know what? I like the Phillies. So you know what hat I like to wear? A red goddamn hat that they wear every other day of the year. I don't need this gimmick. It's ridiculous. What about the teams that do wear baby blue? Who wears baby blue anymore? The, the Rays? The Royals? Just a regular hat that day. Yeah. So you want a red hat to match your red face and your angry red veins popping out of your neck. Right I just now. don't need it. I'm watching the game anyway. I just want to see my team wear their normal friggin' uniform and play baseball. It looks ridiculous too. You got this blue belt. It doesn't match the helmets anymore. Why are we doing this? 
Just a regular hat is fine. All right. So do I give out a penalty? <laughs> I have to give out a penalty now? Yes. To Major League Baseball for garishly trying to increase sales revenue in the merchandising field by introducing to us a multitude of hats I'll, uh, and, and thus pissing Dave off because he only likes the color red. I'm going to give him a 10-minute major with, uh, um, with the 20-yard penalty and I'll also down <laughs> and a two-hour delay with no morning kindergarten. That's I hate I hate you. those weather delays. <laughs> I'm losing steam. I'm losing steam. All right, well, good because the the show's over then. Oh, Wait, don't over. I get the, Nico I get doesn't get to put somebody in the penalty oh, box. Oh, I didn't know you came with one. All right, Nico, who's going in your penalty well, box? Of course, you gotta come prepared. Okay, all right. Yeah, I'm not gonna come to the prom and not wear my best tux. <laughs> um, penalty box. Actually, for those of us who watched the Phillies game on Friday night. Yeah, I'm going to bring it up again. I'm putting Deion Sanders in the penalty box for bringing the Tomahawk chop from Florida State University with him to Atlanta in 1991, where it was adopted by the most obnoxious, front-running, nitwit, red-faced fans in baseball. And yes, I'm referring to the Atlanta Braves fans. Thank you, Deion Sanders, for bringing the Tomahawk chop. You're an asshole. I love it. You know, I love the. I, I do. I, I like am the tomahawk. I, oh, wait, I like the I, mock. Am I allowed to curse? Am I yeah, you're allowed to curse. Yeah. I like the uh, mock chop. Yeah, the mock chop is pretty good. Chops. I'm a do big you know fan of when the when the Braves are in Philly and we're beating them, and you see their fans start doing the mock chop I'd right back it, at them, like you know, we're winning. The tomahawk chop, though, I think it worked on Friday night, and that's why I don't like it. I think it worked. Is it racially off- – is it, like, offensive? Isn't it an offensive thing? No, I just can't stand Braves fans. It's not and offensive? I don't like seeing them happy. I feel like it's offensive. Well, it is offensive. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is it offensive? We gotta the Native get, American know. community is obviously certainly offended by so, any professional sports Yeah, but team. I mean, like, you know, we, we appropriately so and got rid of Chief Wahoo. So. We got rid of Chief Wahoo. The, the, you know, the Redskins need to change their name. Everyone's kind of aligned on that except Snyder. Uh, the, 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 does the chop need to go? Do we need to start a movement to ban the chop? I chop mean, the chop? Nothing, nothing's really going to happen unless a precedent is sent. I mean, I know you're saying they banded Chief Wahoo, but you know the Washington professional football team is still named what it is. So, you know people are still going to do whatever they want to do. And I feel like Braves fans are dumb enough to keep doing it regardless. We if can't, people are telling them to, we can't get even get uh, Washington fans to not say, Oh, at a nationals game during the national anthem. When that was an Orioles thing, people are stupid. Um, are you want me to give Deion Sanders his penalty? Do you want me to do the penalty or do, you can do the penalty? Oh, you want me to do it? I'll do it. I'll I, do I, it. I, so, I mean, I can do it too. It's just, Whatever you want, Dave. It's your show. It's your show. Oh, okay. I'll do it then. Uh, so Deion Sanders, you're getting a, a double minor for offensive celebration copyright infringement. How's that? Sounds great. With a five-minute major, no-carb diet, and the side of a wife who's not drinking tonight. 
Now the show's over. Wow. Nico, that was a, hey, thanks. That was, thank- that was a marathon. Was it? It felt that short a, to me. No, it felt great. That's because you were having a good time. That's right. That's right. <laughs> time flies when you're having fun. Yep. Guys, it was an honor, a pleasure. Yeah. Thanks Thank for you. thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us. Thank um, you for having me. <clears throat> all now, you, the real question is, am I better than Chuck? Well, you know, we'll put a Twitter poll out and we'll ask everyone. No, please don't, because <laughs> Chuck is the man. And I and I love listening to Chuck and I will look forward to hearing Chuck. I, I'm convinced that Chuck's the most popular member of the team. He's by, by far. By far. By far. Yeah. By far. Chuck's gonna be mad that we didn't talk about Andrew McDonald and, and Radko Gudis today. No, but... you're saving it for him. You're yeah, that's Chuck. the thing. I, I yeah, I feel like he needs to be here for that. So uh, we're gonna talk Flyers moves uh, next week. That's great. Okay. Chuck will Chuck will will be refreshed off yeah. of his vacation. So while you uh, eagerly wait our analysis of the of the Flyers moves, be sure to check us out on iTunes. If you haven't done so already, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Um, and also follow us on all our social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, you know, join the conversation. We'd love to uh, argue with you about the, uh, the women's national team or whatever else you have uh, rattling around in your brain. Right? Um, so we'll see you next week. Uh, until then, also, please check out The Whip Around, our sister show, for all your weird news. Very funny. Very funny. Um, and that's it. Have a great day at work, everyone. Bye.